from the nation's leading supply chain university program, we welcome you to the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Supply Chain Research. Here are your hosts, Steve Tracy and Irv Grossman. This is episode 20, and uh, regarding emerging technologies and revolutionizing your supply chain. So organizations are always seeking to improve their supply chains, whether it's to prepare for future disruptions, improve the bottom line, and outpace competitors. Emerging technologies now have become the main pathway to doing so. A study by SAP News found that 74% of business leaders plan to adopt new technologies to overcome challenges. How will their applications affect deep-rooted supply chain practices? What does this mean for the supply chain for the future? Well, let's find out. Joining us today is Anthony Roach, Assistant Professor of Supply Chain Management at the Harvard College of Business at Auburn University. Tony, welcome to the podcast today. Look forward to, to talking more about our favorite subject here, technology and the supply chain. Okay, well, thank you very much. And uh, I want to say hi to Steve as well, because we've known each other before. Steve reached out to us down here at Auburn about a year or so ago, I think, Steve, uh, talking about technology and kind of generated more interest in how to approach technology and what technology actually means. So that's my claim to fame. Well, welcome, welcome board and Steve. Thanks, thanks for arranging the conversation. Can I start out with, you know, Auburn, we had a two year series of football and I know you guys have a basketball team. So tell us about the supply chain school or in, and and how you ended up uh, in supply chain at Auburn. Well, thanks a lot for asking that question. You know, it was really interesting because uh, person actually hired me was an Alabama and he had been in Alabama born and bred and he was working at Alabama until about five years ago and he switched schools and he came down here to Auburn so I knew there was something going on here at Auburn and what was really going on was the idea of building the program and building the, the supply chain out and one of the things I really liked and I've kind of done basically all my career is building and developing and those particular type of issues. So that was attracted to me. So we came down and we are steadily building out a supply chain program. We have a wide range of uh, colleagues that are doing a lot of different things, which was attractive to me as well. So as far as the fit and looking at different things associated with uh, supply chain was really something that interested me. In it. And it's been fun so far. So I enjoy it. Well, excellent. So like on the football field, we enjoy the collaboration and competition in the supply chain. So, you know, our listeners may not know this, but, you know, Steve and Tony are collaborators on an emerging technologies project for the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals. Let's touch on that to start with. Give us a little bit of the overview for the listeners, just its importance and impact. I teed up for both of you. I'll start off a little bit. Tony and I and his colleague, LaDonna Thornton, know each other through CSCMP, the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals. And uh, we're all on the research strategies committee. I think I think all of us, Tony, have been on that committee now for several years. Just because of that that relationship, we started kicking around ideas about a study, and we all have different perspectives. So I'll I'll, I'll start off with my perspective. So my my research and my own interests are the intersection between supply chain strategy and technology. So where does you know using the SCORE model, the sixth pillar, the enable. Where does emerging technology enable corporate strategy or supply chain strategy? Tony brings a unique perspective on this, so I'll let him talk about that in a second. And, and between the three of us, we each are kind of 
three different slices of the pie. So, Tony, talk about your perspective on emerging technologies and what you like to do your research on. Yeah, thank you. Um, I follow Steve to a large degree uh, initially, and I branched off a little bit more into looking at issues associated with digitalization, and that's just uh, integrating the supply chain and integrating supply chain members through digitalization means. What really was attractive was the idea of moving from like Industry 4.0 to Industry 5.0 and how... Um, we interact as employees or as humans with technology and what that actually means. And one of the things, to be honest with you, Steve, I kind of stole a little bit of your ideas on the cognitive supply chain type of uh, approach, which I really thought was interesting. And that was how are we going to interact with this technology and how do we keep up with this technology as it progresses? And one of the things we just uh, finished up with was a, a white paper that we're actually going to send to CSCMP on this digitalization and the idea of uh, workflows and intelligent workflows and those particular types of aspects of working with technology. That is really interesting. It has a lot of implications for knowledge, knowledge management, um, and how to proceed with that. The robotics are here and they're becoming a lot more valuable in the workplace. So how are we going to actually keep up with it? And how are we going to interact with them? And how is that going to change the nature of work? And we're seeing some of those things already happening. And that's just really fascinating to me. So when Steve asked us to come on board and help contribute to a lot of the technologies and the strategies associated with that, I thought it was perfect because I'm, I, I love that stuff anyway. But the uh, this idea of contributing and putting a, a different spin to uh, some of these strategies that uh, Steve was talking about. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that, you know, we often here in industry talk about people process and technology. Most people don't know where that comes from. It's the Levitt model. It dates back, I think I was about two years old. I think it was 1963 <laughs> when he published that paper the first time. But it's amazing that it's still true today. You know, 60 years later, we're still talking about the intersection between people process and technology. And, and you know, I, LaDonna has her perspective. It would be nice if she was here with us too. Tony's got this very interesting people aspect, like how how do people, I guess, coexist with technology and and make that a symbiotic relationship? And I like the strategy piece. So it's a it's a really a good marriage between all different perspectives and how we can combine our talents to come up with some interesting research. So it relates when Tony, when I put you on the spot a little bit, you mean an example of like where people and technology are becoming, you know, kind of where we're pushing it you know, to the next level, to that new industry norm? Well, I think uh, that's, a, that's a very good question. And um, there's a lot going on. And I'll speak a little bit to some of the companies we interviewed and how they're approaching this. But uh, some of them are looking at taking some of these algorithms, for example, and disseminating and trying to determine what knowledge is all about. So they would take knowledge architecture and using these knowledge architecture, but they're not really sure how to use it. We have a lot of people that are retiring, the boomers, that know what's going on. Uh, they ha but they have experiential knowledge and they have the experience. But how do you translate that to the younger generations coming along? So the use of this knowledge architecture uh, found in a couple of companies is just not used because people don't know how to use it. But they need the knowledge to continue on. So how do we take this data, this data analytics that drives everything, how do we actually put it into a position where we can drive this and disseminate this information from this data and actually turn it into knowledge? One of the things we found out is uh, companies are really struggling to do that, but they're going towards this idea of workflows where they actually have a, a, a subject expert, for example, that would interact with the technology and be able to say, hey, this is what's going on, and then be able to communicate that to 
their uh, other employees, which is another thing is uh, communicative type technologies that are, that are really something we have to invest in. Companies are finding that out, that they have to really work on that. This is just, just one example. I think the, and, uh, and I hate to say this because it's my bias and it's on my brain right now because we just finished up this paper, but the idea of the intelligent workflows is really something that's very interesting. And it's something that another company is looking at because of the, the, the hybrid nature of work these days and trying to figure out how to be resilient within this, this new workforce that is driving this, um, the hybrid aspect of it. So how do you still impart this knowledge? How do you still work with technologies? How do you just take this data and uh, disseminate it? Those particular type of aspects. And then how do you compete with this? You know, and keep up with the uh, the competitive nature of our business. You, you made a comment about people who are retiring and they have so much knowledge and experience. And how are you able to capture that so you so the next generation a doesn't repeat the same mistakes, and b is able to parlay it forward to another level. You know, we we see it oftentimes in the consulting work that we perform that sometimes we're going back and answering the same question for our clients over and over and over again. Now, some of that is changes in the business cycle, but some of that is dealing with turnover and retention issues. And, you know, because you train a person, they're halfway through their job and they go somewhere else, either get promoted because just we're short on supply chain talent or they're going to other organizations. And we just, we see it constantly from our side of the business. I think that's true. And, and, And it is tough and it's tough to do. And I think it's a, you know, Companies try to transform, and that's why the companies are doing going through transformative exercises. And I think half of that is just trying to embed in the culture this idea of disseminating, understanding the knowledge, and understanding how to uh, use some of this technology to disseminate this particular aspect of it. I don't. It's it's unavoidable, I think. And to your point, and we're even seeing that in our, our classrooms to a certain extent, where students forget things from one class to the next. So, so how do we even keep up with that? It's, it's, a, it's a fun laboratory to watch, but we have to keep up with these things. We have to do it. And that's why I think a lot of the uh, communicative type of technologies are coming in to try to, to capture some of this. Speaking of specifics of technologies, Tony, what, do you, um, what are some of the technology advancements that you see that may be either emerging or they're starting to become more widely adopted? And... How are those specific technologies going to create a competitive advantage for organizations who decide to adopt them? So what are are those technologies that you see, uh, maybe ones that really excite you because of the opportunity, and then what's the competitive advantage going to be for the companies that decide to pursue them? That's another good question. Again, I go back to some of the strategy and some of the things that that our, our common research comes in. And I think in supply chain, there's a lot of integrative type of technologies, the IoT, the blockchains those particular type of things. And, and if we look at it, the, uh, the integrative technologies are basically trying to create uh, tracking and tracing through sensors and then visibility ultimately. And what we're actually talking about again is I go back to this idea of trying to understand what is out there in the market. Uh, I, I keep telling my students or supply chain students that they're risk managers. So understanding is integrative and using integrative technologies through data analytics will help give you that tracking and tracing for that ultimate idea of visibility. So blockchain, uh, IoT, those particular type of, type of technologies are coming up. And I just think it's a, a matter of tr- learning how to use them 
and use them well without all the, uh, the constraints of businesses. Do you think it's going to create differentiators in the marketplace? You know, we'll have leaders and laggards and... Yes, y- yes, I do. Uh, I honestly do, because there's a lot of companies that have survived disruptions. Uh, and, and I say the disruption because we always go back to this pandemic is something really big. But disruptions are all, all happen all the time. Uh, these companies have to be resilient. So there's a lot of sexiness associated with resilience, the buzzword of resilience. But the idea, you have to respond early. You have to be agile. You have to be flexible. Uh, and you have to be adaptable. And these are all aspects of responsiveness. And then that leads to resilience of the company overall. And I think this is a very big differentiator. If you can respond, uh, you can work with your partners through integrative type of technologies then you can respond better and you become a lot more resilient. And uh, other financial performance and those type of things will probably take care of themselves. Sorry, do you see, Tony, you see any you see barriers to adoption? Uh, leadership and understanding what is going on, to be honest with you. I think uh, some of the companies we've been interviewed, and we interviewed a wide range, and this has been a project we've been working on for the last year, year and a half. It's just leadership and, and the potential of understanding what is actually going on and how to use this technology. And I'm talking about above and beyond the resources that, that companies will have to, to bring to the table. Other things are, I hate to say it, but we're still in power. <laughs> companies do have power over other companies and there's a lot of power dependence relationships that occur. Sensors and the idea of what is integration and how to actually integrate those particular type of things I see as, as barriers and uh, just talking to others, I think that seems to come out. But I, I again, go back to leadership and understanding potential and understanding how to disseminate this particular uh, knowledge throughout the organization and even with your partners. Tony, do you think, are there particular technologies that tend to fit better in certain industries than others? You know, maybe certain technologies are are a good fit for retail or, or industrial or transportation and others maybe different fits for, for different different industries. I think a lot of the integrative technologies, the IOTs and those particular types of things would fit better in manufacturing or medic extended types of uh, supply chain networks. The knowledge technologies, the connectivity and the communication would probably be uh, a lot adopted a lot easier in service type industries, the consulting firms in those particular industries. The blockchains, I think is, uh, is, is very exciting, but again, we know the barriers associated with the blockchain in those particular types of technologies. I just think the communicative type of technology is better suited for the service industries. Uh, The blockchains and IOTs and the big time sensors are for those that are extended supply chains, retail, for example, to understand the tracking and tracing of what is actually going on within the supply chain. I mean, do you have an idea? First hand, I would say no. Uh, second hand and third hand, if you you know if you read the literature, there's a, there's a number of different uh, consulting firms and, and and analytics firms that look at, for example, they'll look at, you know, what's the benefit to blockchain technology to say maybe the financial sector versus retail versus other sectors, and they have that quadrant analysis. But it a lot of it, in my opinion, is based on conjecture because some of these emerging technologies are not widely adopted, and many of them are still in the beta phase, right, or the proof of concept phase. So I would agree with, I would agree with you wholeheartedly on what you said about sensors, right? Because of the cost involved and because of the way you use the data, they, they're a much better fit for, for manufacturing. And I, I hadn't thought about it until you said it, but I would, I would agree wholeheartedly that 
the idea of intelligent workflows is a much better fit for, for service industries or service applications like customer service or, or, or back office operations or things like that. I guess we will, it, it kind of leads into the next question. When you look at where companies are investing and where they're adopting technology, do they tell us about what supply chains actually value? So when you look at investment and adoption, are they telling us a story about what organizations really value? That that is a very good question, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that we we need to put a, a nice, I don't say conclusion or where to go in in the in the empirical paper we're doing digitalization, and and I want to say it, it's uh, integrative, the integrative type technologies and how to actually work well with your partner and how to become visible. Or visibility and transparency in supply chain. And again, I go back to this idea of responsiveness because a lot of companies started off with we need to be responsive to what's going on in the market and we need to be a little bit quicker. These seem to be the values, how to respond to the market, how to be resilient, and how to survive different types of disruptions. So if you back that up, they're investing a lot more in the idea of data technologies and data analytics and those particular types of uh, things that drive the visibility, the transparency issues. And that seems to be where it's going. And then how do you interact with that? So that's another bolt on. So I go back to this idea of it's, it's tough. It's tough to integrate all these particular types of issues. And it's tough to understand how to put this together within an organization. And now you have to do this within a network. It's, it's really... But it's fun. That's why, you know, I haven't been fired yet. <laughs> what, are your, what are your students saying? I mean, what are they, you know, you're, you're probably teaching this subject in class. What are, let me ask you two, two questions. Number one is, how are you teaching it in class? And then the second one is, what are you seeing as far as their, their uptake of creative applications coming out of the students themselves? Creativity, I have to think about that one from students. <laughs> but it's, uh, I actually have a data analytics class. And, and, I'll, and I'll get to a, a project that we're doing in a, in a second, but I have a data analytics class, and that's where I teach them to not be afraid of what data is all about. And I tell them they do it all day, every day, even if they want to go visit somewhere to go to New York, they do data collection. So I teach them how to do data. Once they start getting involved, they're not afraid of it anymore. Um, they can see what data is, what they're trying to do with data. And again, I tell them, hey, you guys are going to be risk managers. And you're going to have to be able to communicate this. If you're going to be supply chain gurus, uh, you're going to have to be able to communicate with finance, logistics, et cetera, within your company. So take that data, turn in information, and then communicate that. So once they get that, they understand how to, how to, to play with that. We took a class this fall, and we actually work with uh, Italians. My Italian counterpart and I developed a class, a kind of a, a consulting type of class where we work with an Italian company, their students were all AI students. They were very much uh, computer science and those particular types, and they their job was to develop algorithms. Our students were supply chain students. So we put them together in uh, two teams, and we, we sorted them out to diff- two different companies, uh, Italian companies, that had problems with developing an algorithm, not problems, they wanted to develop an algorithm to increase the operations and increase the efficiency of their operations. So our supply chain students had to take that data and understand what that data meant in order to communicate the application of supply chain to a development of an algorithm. So it took them out of their comfort zone, but at the same time, they had to understand what the data was 
and how to use that data in order to solve a problem and communicate that to the engineers, their AI counterparts. And I, I have to say, my Italian counterpart just left this morning, but one of our teams won the, the challenge. So we were all excited and high-fived and took pictures of them and everything else. But that, that is what students value, I think. And I communicate that with my students now, and we're going to do it this fall, but there's a lot of interest generated in that. And I think they just want to go out and see what it is instead of the esoteric, this is data type of thing. So, so it was fun. It's a problem solving. And you're just using different tools. So, Tony, some of the people that listen to our podcast are academics like you and me. And what role do you think we need to play as academics, right? We've got all these young women and men in front of us and then putting them out there into the real world after, you know, four years with us. What role do you think we play in getting our students prepared for, uh, and you gave a great example with with comfort with data, but what, what role do we play in getting these young women and men ready to adopt uh, emerging technologies as they become supply chain professionals? I think they're receptive to, to new technologies. Uh, and I think they were, uh, will adopt them quickly just because they're, they're using it now. And the idea of, um, I think we scare them a little bit with, with data analytics. You have to have data, 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 data. But putting in, I don't want to say baby steps, but actually having them and work with projects and those particular type of applications is really the key. They know how to use data to a certain extent. Now they need to apply this particular data to a real world type of application. So we're really vested here, at least uh, a couple of us are, in trying to find these particular projects and get them going. I think our job too is just present them these particular types of issues and say they are problem solvers. They're not just automons trying to work through these particular issues. Once once they they have it, they they run with it. They really do. And I just gave you that, that example and I've used other projects before in classes and students really jump on these problems. They run with it. They really do. They sink their teeth into it. As you as you look around academia as a whole, do you think we as a profession are doing a good job of introducing them to emerging technologies and getting them ready for for industry 5.0? I think so. I've heard more and more people talking about having projects and uh, introducing these particular type of technologies. Again, I think the the students are receptive to that. It's just the idea of outlining what it is and putting it into perspective. So, for example, I have a couple classes on just AI and this data. And it's, again, I don't want to say baby steps because that's kind of a, it's not really the key, but it's the idea of saying, hey, these are technologies for within the firm. These are technologies that you would use extraneous to the firm. You've heard of ERP. This is what ERP actually does. This is what a CRM actually is, et cetera, et cetera. And the students, once they get that, they'll run with it. We've stolen ideas from um, some of the big uh, supply chain schools. And I'm speaking of supply chain. Some of the supply chain schools, and they're really going towards this idea of uh, introducing projects into the classroom. And, and again, students, once they have their teeth sunk into these projects, they'll run with it. Students do like to have something concrete, <laughs> essentially. So again, we have to get them out of their comfort zone and introduce the vagueness of, of, the, of the business world. And so I think projects do that. There's a little bit of an all call going out here to, to uh, industry listeners that uh, there's a project need. I, there's two people I know 
that uh, may be able to give you some good associations at two different grade schools. So, yeah. So um, any any final thoughts on the subject? Well, thank you for letting me talk about this. I haven't talked to, uh, a lot about this in a long time. So there's a lot we can go over, as you know. But I really enjoy the idea of technology and what is happening in technology and the technological world now. I really enjoy this idea of the interaction between humans and technology, like we talked about going to the Industry 5.0. It is very interesting to see uh, companies go through this development process now, and I think a lot of them are still mired in the 4.0 because, for obvious reasons, but on the horizon, you can see it coming, and that's exciting to me. So that's another reason why when we get started, Steve, and get going, we should really uh, tackle this and just run with it. There's a lot out there. And I'm speaking to the choir, I know. but Yeah, these are, I mean, we're two peas in a pod. This is, these are exciting times in the supply chain profession. Irv knows as well in, in his role there at Chainalytics. A lot going on. The pandemic opened up our eyes to so many things that we probably should have been paying attention to. Demographics is changing the need for technology because, you know, we we just have a high demand for people, but not enough of them. And so we're going to have to make them more productive and let technology do, do some of the work for them, make them, you know, make them better. So I'm excited about it. Tony, uh, on behalf of Penn State University, as well as thank you to Auburn University, it's been a pleasure for you to join us for our podcast today. I want to thank you for your time uh, and your insight. It's also a pleasure to work with you and your colleague, LaDonna Thornton, and CSCMP on the research projects that we're working on. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. No, oh, thank you very much. And it's nice to meet you. And congratulations. Thank you for you and for Steve for such great work on the subject. It's important. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Penn State Supply Chain Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Supply Chain Research at Penn State. For information about our sponsorship opportunities, research needs, and professional development offerings, please visit smeal.psu.edu forward slash CSCR.